0: So b- before we get into the sermon, I wanted to uh, just say thank you to our youth worship team who is here once again. And if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I think uh, the last couple of times I've been here, I've been here as well. Um, and I say this every time, but I'm going to say it again because I really feel it. it is great when you see kids of that age um, using the talents and gifts that they have to. Glorify God, um, and you know I, I know that I, I didn't introduce him this time, but it's Phil, Delaney, Colton, and Will. Um, and I know Phil and Delaney are seniors, correct? Where'd y'all go? Will, you'll know, aren't they seniors? And Colton's a junior. No, Colton's a senior. Will's a junior. Okay, yes. Um, so three of them are going to be moving on, and um, Will Mitchell, our senior high youth guy. I said this at the first service, and even though he's in the room right now, I'm going to say it again. Uh, we are blessed to have will as our senior high youth guy. He is um, just a, a fantastic individual who um, this week took um, a group of the seniors to a and m where a lot of people say god lives and uh, and uh, to to break away um, it's a it's on thursday night tuesday night um, and there's like a thousand or more how many people kids come up to ten thousand um students who come um on a Tuesday night to worship Jesus. Um and uh, on campus there at A and M and just an amazing thing and uh in fact the song In the Secret came from out of breakaway. If if you were here for uh, the beginning of New Heights, we used to do pretty much only breakaway stuff. Ross King, who is a big influence, big a uh, big friend of Daryl's big influence on Daryl, um, helped start breakaway and, and create some of the music that came out of there the uh the early days and um So just a huge thing, and what I love about the fact that Will took these kids all the way to A&M was that he was showing them that these seniors, especially, that when you go to college and you leave your church home doesn't mean you leave God behind, Um, that God still exists in college. I I really wish I had known that um, when I went to A&M for the year and a half before we broke up. Um, So, I didn't know about Breakaway when I was there. Um, Would have been nice. So we we are in back to Exodus after uh, after taking a break from uh, from Exodus in uh, for Palm Sunday and Easter. We are returning um, to the exit uh, and to the to the reshaping of this thing. And 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 David is David sets us. uh, David Meniski, the senior pastor here, kind of sets the course for us here in New Heights, in the sanctuary at Riverside, and Asbury. We're all preaching on the same stuff Um, and. And David kind of sets that out for us, and, um, and today uh, he, he chose um, Exodus 21 through 17. And if you if you know anything about, I'm sure you're all going, oh sure, well yeah, that's the Ten Commandments. Um, it's the Ten Commandments, and so we have he gave us one day uh, to do the Ten Commandments, and I'm like, Dave, dude, I'm marinated in Matthew for two and a half years, um, and you want me to take the Ten Commandments and just 25 minutes. I don't. The beatitudes we took, you know, two by two by two, right, um, one at a time. And so I'm like, I don't know how to do this because there's some biggies. Um, you know, don't murder. Oh, yeah, well, well, yeah. Um, thou shalt have no other god but me. We could spend a couple of weeks in that alone. Um, so w- when he told us this, um, and then and then this is the other thing he did. He goes, and by the way, I'm not going to be preaching on that Sunday. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, Dave. Thanks. That's really nice and convenient of you. Uh, so we're trying to figure out how to do this. And, and I was really kind of racking my brain. could hey, do you pick one out and focus your entire time on that? Because there's so... Much You can fast forward into Jesus when Jesus reminds us of the Ten Commandments multiple times. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus says, I tell you, it's not just adultery um, w- when, you, when you actually physically do something, but even if you think about it. So he takes it to deeper levels uh, with many of, of the commandments. Um, you could spend so much time in this. The, the sins of the fathers, um, you know, God will curse uh, for, for generations the sins of the parents. Okay, does that actually mean that if I mess up that four generations from now, they are still being punished for something that I did, even though they've never met me? Or is there something else there um, of which you might guess that I think it's the latter, not the former? Um, So so what is it? Uh, How how do you attack this? And then I I went to um, my, my mind just I don't know if you know this, but my mind bounces around quite a lot. Um, And so I thought about the other day uh, when I was sitting with Corbin watching a baseball game. It's opening day for the Major League Baseball has recently happened and um, I I was watching the first game that I cared about, the Red Sox-Yankees game, played at Yankee Stadium. And Corbin and I sit down and we're watching this game together and, and the Red Sox are doing what I hope they do the rest of the year. Owning the Yankees. They're just destroying them. And so we start talking about the game. We're a big Red Sox family in my house. It comes from our days in Connecticut. Um, But so Corbin and I are talking about this game. And, you know, Corbin is five years old. He's playing in his second year of T-ball. All of the scouts say that he's got potential. Um, So I'm trying to teach him the game. Uh, baseball's pretty big in our family we are a baseball family uh not just my like my father um was a baseball player played for the St. Louis organization and in, in the um minor leagues and um back in the days when you know gloves were like that uh type stuff like i have his glove that he used and it's just like this really comical looking thing he's so old um but so baseball is important, and, and so I'm, we 're sitting there and we 're watching this game and, and i 'm telling them you know that this is why the Yankees are evil, um, and this is why the Red sox are god 's chosen team um, and 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 we start talking about uh, different things about the game so we, there 's this new player on the Red Sox, um, his name's Bradley um, jr is his last name and, and i 'm like. They keep throwing it to first. They're checking him at the base. And, and Corbin's like, well, why do they keep throwing it over there? I said, because he's really fast and he's a threat to steal. Well, why would he steal? It's a great question, son, um, because we want to win. So we're going to steal. Uh, well, what do you mean? Well, he's going to steal the base. Well, what do you mean he's going to steal the base? What, what does it mean to steal the base? Well, that means that he, um, he runs from first to second without the ball being put into play by the batter. Got it? Um, He's just like, no. We don't do this in T-ball. And and so we we have this conversation about a few different things about the game and different rules of the game. And and I can see his little five-year-old mind going through this going, but wait, everybody doesn't get a chance to bat every inning? Wait, everybody doesn't get to cross home plate? I don't understand. There's a loser? I can't believe... You told me nobody lost. No, I didn't. I tell you who loses every game, son. Um, And and so there's this stuff that he's going through. And I I have to remind myself that some of the things that I've learned a long time ago, um, I just know. Um, What's a Bach? Well, I know what a Bach is. Explain it. Uh, Something about taking the foot off the mound or something like that. I don't know. But I know it when I see it because I just know it. There's different rules and different things that you get to know because you just know. You've heard them for so long that they become a part of you. Now, it doesn't just apply to baseball. It applies to everything. And, and I was thinking that Corbin, uh, you know, I, I love him so much. He just needs to learn these things. He just needs to hear them again and again and again and again. And it took me back to the days when I was a fifth grade teacher. And I remembered the 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 wall that I had our classroom rules on. It was basically four or five rules. I really don't remember. I try to block those years out of my life. But um, and, and it was essentially raise your hand and be called on before you speak. Um, respect the school's property and your friend's property. Keep your hands to yourself. You know stuff stuff like that. And and I was thinking about this th- this morning. And uh, it led me to Robert Fulgham. Robert Fulgham, if you remember, uh, wrote, All I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Anyone familiar with that? Anybody? A few of you? Apparently you need to go back to kindergarten. Um, So here here is the, the, the basis for it. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you find them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt someone. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Take a nap every afternoon. Live a balanced life. Learn some. Think some. Draw, paint, sing, and dance, and play and work some every day. Be aware of wonder. Remember the little seed in the styrofoam cup. The roots go down and the plant goes up, and nobody really knows why, but we are all like that, too. Goldfish and hamsters and even that little seed in the styrofoam cup, they all die, and so do we. Remember the Dick and Jane books, the very first word you learn, the biggest word of all, look. And when you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. These are the things that we learned in kindergarten, kindergarten. But they are stuff that carries with us for the rest of our lives. When you hurt someone, say you're sorry. Don't hit people. Flush. Wash your hands. These are things that we kind of just kind of, the flush one, we kind of laugh at. Um, I lived in California during a drought, a severe drought in Northern California. And we had this saying in Northern California that said, uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Yeah, no lie. This is, like, put out by the government, and and it was great. Um, So, but these are these, like, truths of life that that we, like, just take for granted, and and we're like, oh, of course you you don't take other people's stuff. Well, apparently there's some people that need to, to learn that again, because I see stuff on the news all of the time that tells me that people think otherwise. Don't hurt other people again. I see this all over the news, all over. Everywhere you look, you see people that are hurting because someone else hurt them. We have all of these things and we take them for granted. When God gave um, the Ten Commandments to, uh, to the people of Israel, to the Hebrews, it, it was this stuff that now we hear and we're like, well, sure. But for a moment, let's listen. As if we were those people coming out of Egypt. This is from um, the message. Exodus 20 verse 1. God spoke all these words. I am God. Your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of a life of slavery. No other gods. Only me. No carved gods of any size, shape, or form, or anything, whatever weather of things that fly or walk or swim. Don't bow down to them. And don't serve them because I am God, your God, and I am a most jealous God, punishing the children for any sins their parents pass on to them, to the third, and yes, even to the fourth generation of those who hate me. But I'm unswervingly loyal to the thousands who love me and keep my commandments. No using the name of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. God won't put up with the irreverent use of his name. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the Sabbath day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work. Not you, not your son, not your daughter, not your servant, not your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guest visiting in your town. For in six days, God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. Honor your father and mother so that you'll live a long time in the land that God, your God, is giving you. No murder. No adultery. No stealing. No lies about your neighbor. No lusting after your neighbor's house or wife or servant or maid or ox or donkey. Don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. These ten commandments, these ten commandments that God is giving to the the Hebrew people here, um, It's teaching them who they are. It's giving them the ability to live their life in such a way that they can move into who God longs for them to be. If you remember what's happening to them, they've just come out of 400 plus years of slavery, of oppression, of living in a land that told them when to get up, when to go to bed, when to go to the bathroom, when to work, when to eat, when to have children, when to do anything. They were told who they were from the day they were born to the day that they died. They didn't get to discover anything about themselves because it was placed on them. They were slaves. They were oppressed. They were what they were told they were. So when they're coming out of Egypt, we've talked about this multiple times, that God is having to reshape their identity. He's having to to teach them who they truly are. They come out of Egypt and they're worshiping all these different gods. Why? Because that's all they knew. For 400 years, all they knew were all of these different gods and all of the different ways to worship these different gods. And God has to remind them, no, 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 no. I'm God. I'm the one who parted the Red Sea. I'm the one who made food come out of nowhere when you were hungry. I am the one who made water come from the rock. I am God. No one else. He's having to teach them not just that He is God, but that He is the God who created them, who loves them, who rescued them. See, the commandments are broken down essentially into two parts. Love God Love others. Plain and simple. One of the games that rabbis would play, rabbis um, in the time of Jesus and before, love to argue. In fact, they still do today. Love to banter about scripture and and to and to dissect it and to to argue about what this means and what that means. And one of the things that uh, one of the competitions that they would have is to take the Ten Commandments. Well, to take all of the commandments and to make them smaller. And, And ten was like the going number. So how can you take it from 10 and make it even smaller? What are the ones that you pull out that are the most meaningful? When somebody asks Jesus this question, what is the most important commandment? What does he say? Love the Lord your God with everything. And love your neighbor as yourself. He takes these 10 commandments into their two respective camps. And he says, the first couple of commandments deal with loving God. Do that. And the next deal with loving one another. Do that too. As God was bringing our people out of slavery, out of oppressions, he was teaching us who we are. He said the very thing you need to know at your core is that you need to love God and love each other. If you want to know who you are. Love me, he says, and love one another. It's that simple. And yet. How often do we forget? How often? I mean, the Ten Commandments are these things that become a political battle in our country that we stand up for. That monument cannot be taken down. It's the Ten Commandments. God's law. Look, I'm more interested in the fact that are you living those Ten Commandments? Are you actually embodying those things that are written on stone? Have they gone from being on stone to into your heart? If you follow along with this right now, God gives them the Ten Commandments in stone because they're not yet ready to take it into who they are. Because what happens when when Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments? What's gone on? The people have gone nuts. They've made an idol and they're like, we can't do it anymore. Take us back to Egypt. And God understands that, look, it's been a long time, so we need to take baby steps into this. You're not going to get it right away. And even if you do, you're going to need to be reminded until it becomes a part of who you are, until you just intrinsically know. That when your hands are dirty before you eat, you must wash them. That the goldfish that you have in your bowl is going to die. This one hits very close to home to the Crocker family today. Gracie went to camp yesterday, to Camp Camp. We're very excited for that. Her first time away from family. She spent the night last night, no clue how it went. We're hoping well. But Corbin wanted to go to camp also. We're like, well, buddy, this is a camp for kids with special needs, and um, you can't go yet. You can go a little bit when you're a little older. I think siblings can go at some point, but not yet. And so he was very disappointed by this. Corbin puts up with a lot at home. Um, He's a good little brother. Outside of Jenna, he gets the most uh, hair pulling and hitting and things like that. He puts up with a lot. He could... Um, destroy her if he wanted to but he's gentle he gets her to say words that no one else can he's an amazing little man he's not even in the room um, and so what we wanted to do yesterday was to to tell him thank you thanks for being a cool kid thanks for putting up with your sister so we went and got goldfish because um, what do you do when you really love someone? You get them a temporary pet. Um, <laughs> so we go to the pet store, and um, we pick out two pets, an orange one that he named Dorothy, uh, as in from Elmo, because he knows his sister loves Elmo. And they got a silver one that he named Silver, like hi-ho silver, which I respect. Um, <laughs> And so he gets these two little goldfish, and and we bring them home, and we have to prepare him because, as Jenna calls him, he's our little animal activist. He loves animals so much um, that when he sees – we we watched Shrek the other day, uh, and um, when the princess is singing her little song, and the bluebird joins in singing, and she goes to this high level – do you remember this? And the bluebird explodes – Corbin wanted to stop watching the movie at that point. I'm like, buddy, it's, it's cartoon. No birds were harmed in the making of this fake movie. Um, but he was really disturbed by this. He's like, the bird. Um, so we get these, um, these goldfish, and we spared no expense. We paid 15 cents for each one. And we bring them home, and we're having to prepare him. For the fact that we all know, because Robert Fulghum taught us in, in kindergarten, um, that goldfish die. And it's one of these things that we just, when we get the fish, even when they were scooping the fish out, there's a couple of their, you know, floaters, you know, going on in there, and they're like, whew, pay no attention to that guy right there, let's look over here. Um, it's one of those things that you just, it, you know, you know, I, I mean, pro- when I get home from church today, I'm sure one of them is going to be belly up, you know, and, um, and, and it's going to be one of those things. Somebody in the store goes, you shouldn't name them uh, because it makes it harder. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're not going to stop Corbin from naming them. We're going to learn about funerals and, and, and funerals at sea really quick. Um, remember that other rule flush that applies here. Uh, and, and so we're having to deal with this stuff that, that we just know that this is going to happen. It's a part of life, and it's something that he has to learn, that he has to know. The, the people of, um, uh, of Israel, the Hebrews, as they're coming out, they're, they're as if they are babies. It's stuff that you think they should know. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lust after your neighbor's things. But they just don't. Because they've never been taught. Because all they've ever known is a way of life that was so far against God that God had to move water to free them. We think sometimes that we get a hold on these. We think sometimes that we grasp hold of these rules of this love God, love others. We're like, oh, I've got that. I can move on. But then, but then we start operating in ways. We just put blinders on. We put our our, our cruise control on and we just fly through life. And a lot of times what happens is either we stop loving God or we stop loving others or both. We get so comfortable in knowing what we know that we stop pursuing The Ten Commandments are something that um, you've probably heard so often that if if hard-pressed and I asked you, you probably could come up with at least eight, if not all ten. But maybe it's time that we go back to school. Maybe it's time once again to re-examine them, to remember That you don't take other people's stuff. That if you hurt someone, you say, I'm sorry. That you wash your hands if they are dirty. And that for the love of us all, you flush. Maybe it's time we remember to love God and love others. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the words of wisdom that you have given us to live our lives by, not just contained in these Ten Commandments, but in the entire breadth of your scripture. We thank you for the words from the beginning to the end. We acknowledge that you are Alpha and Omega, God. We thank you that um, even though you've given us these, these guidelines to live by, they will only help us to live our lives. Sometimes we forget them. Sometimes we think we know them too well and we stop living by them. Forgive us for those moments, Lord. Help us to reconnect with you, with your wisdom, with your spirit. God, we thank you and praise you that even though we fail from time to time, you continue to love us. And each time we fall into oppression, you will reach in and deliver us. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ or deliver. Amen. Um, if you would, uh, it, th- this is the end of the service. Uh, the youth, they're done. They, they work on contract, and uh, we only paid them for four, and so they said they're out. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to give a benediction, and if you would, if you're able, uh, grab a few chairs around you and, uh, and put them on the racks. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, lift his countenance unto you, and give you peace. Amen.